You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everyone. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. Today we are talking Mets baseball, and we bring in our Mets reporter for MLB.com, Anthony DiComo. Welcome back from vacation, Anthony, and very nice for you to return because the Mets answer their first base needs, signing free agent Adrian Gonzalez, at least we think. Obviously, he missed a lot of 2017 because of that back injury, but when he is on the field, he's productive. How big of a concern, though, is his injury history, at least last season, going forward? Yeah, it's definitely a concern, and I, I wouldn't stop there. I'd say it's a concern when you have a, a guy who's going to be entering his age 36 season who wasn't all that productive even when he was healthy last year. Uh, you know, the notion that he's just going to come back on and be the player that he was in his, in his 20s uh, is, is probably not true. Now, the Mets don't necessarily need him to be that guy. They just need him to be a stopgap, a guy who can give Dominic Smith a little more time to develop, who can take pressure off of Dominic Smith, who no longer has to be the guy right away coming out of spring training. Um, Of course, there is a chance that Adrian Gonzalez gives the Mets no value whatsoever, that his career is essentially over, um, that he's not going to be productive. But the beauty of this move is that it costs them essentially nothing, if that's the case. Uh, While he's making over $22 million, Next year, uh, the Mets are only going to pick up about half a million of that. The Braves and the Dodgers will pay the rest. So it's a very low-risk move. Uh, It's a move that could potentially pay dividends if Adrian Gonzalez still has something left in the tank. And if he doesn't, so be it. What does this mean for Dominic Smith? Well, there's a good chance it means he's going to start the season in AAA. Uh, If Adrian Gonzalez is going to wind up playing more often than not, at first base, uh, you know, the Mets aren't going to want Dominic Smith to essentially sit on the bench four or five six days a week. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely a chance they will say to him at the end of spring training, uh, Dominic, go back down to Las Vegas, rake for a while, hit a bunch of home runs, and, and we'll see you sooner rather than later. Um, a small chance they could both make the roster. And there's a chance that, look, Dominic Smith can come to spring training and really just go gangbusters and win the job outright and say, I'm ready. I'm the first baseman, not of the future, but of the present. Uh, but the most likely scenario, looking at it right now, looking at what the Mets have done this offseason, is that Adrian Gonzalez will be the first baseman and, and Dominic Smith, for a little while, will go back to the minors. Jay Bruce was reintroduced to the New York media just a few short hours ago. What do you believe the team ceiling is with the addition of Jay Bruce and Adrian Gonzalez? Yeah, well, look, the lineup... Is, it, wasn't really the issue for the Mets last year. It was it was the pitching, it was the rotation, it was injuries. Um, but by and large, the lineup was productive, and Jay Bruce was a big part of that. Uh, hit 29 home runs before he left for Cleveland, and the Mets are very optimistic that over the next three years he can give them that sort of consistency. This is a guy who plays in over 150 games a year. He's averaged almost 30 home runs a year throughout his career. Uh, the Mets value his skill set very much. They think he's a better defender in right field than people give him credit for. Um, they don't mind that he carries some low batting averages with him. They love the power that he provides. So uh, that's a nice bat to have in the middle of the lineup. And if you have a healthy Jonas Cespedes in there, um, the Mets are still looking to acquire a second baseman to help out. 
And you look at all the other pieces. Michael Conforto is going to be coming back at some point, probably around May 1st. Uh, you've got Travis Darno in there. And go down the line. It's not a bad lineup. And, and it certainly wasn't the, the primary issue for this Mets team last year. So they're, they're optimistic that this group can again be productive, that this can be a group capable of hitting a lot of home runs, putting a lot of runs on the board. And then it comes down to the pitching. Can the pitching stay healthy enough to turn that into wins? We're going to talk about the pitching in just a second, but the other news that we learned about the Mets this week is that they were in talks to acquire Andrew McCutcheon before he was sent out to the Bay Area to join the San Francisco Giants. And one of the sticking points for Sandy Alderson was that he didn't want to lose Brandon Nimmo. Now, how much of that is because of Brandon Nimmo's success so far or how much Sandy sees you know, how much potential he sees in him in the future and how much is it that he just didn't feel Kutch was worth it? I think it's a little of both. I think Brandon Nimmo is a player uh, that the Mets are optimistic about, that the Mets have been optimistic about for some time. This is a guy who has really stood out in terms of his plate discipline. He was walking all the time down the stretch last year and you know hitting with a bit of power hitting with a bit of authority when he did swing the bat so he's a player that does a lot of things well and i think last year coming up getting logging some pretty significant playing time down the stretch he opened some eyes about what he can be and yeah so the the mets are certainly high on him uh and, and do not want to just give him away but they would give him away for the right piece and i think it there certainly was a bit of that in there that is andrew mccutcheon the right piece Probably not. Uh, this is a guy who's been a little inconsistent, despite his, you know, superstardom. He has been a little consistent the past couple of years, and uh, you know, a guy with not a lot of team control left. So you look at all those factors, and do you want to give up the next six years of Brandon Nimmo for that? The Mets decided no, it wasn't worth it. Now, if a similar deal comes down the pipe here for Josh Harrison, for example, a guy who fits their positional needs better because he can play second base a guy who still has three years of team control as opposed to one. Can that entice the Mets to get rid of Brandon Nimmo? Certainly. I, I think you have to look at it at that point. Brandon Nimmo, while, while he's a player that the Mets like a lot, is far from untouchable. Yeah, and we have heard that Josh Harrison says he wants out after the Pirates continue their fire sale this offseason, getting rid of both Andrew McCutcheon and Garrett Cole. All right, let's talk a little bit about this Mets starting rotation. We know the club is making on the health of these starting pitchers in order to be successful. You've got Syndergaard, DeGrom, Harvey, Mats, Wheeler. How do you believe this rotation shakes out for opening day? I I think it's going to be a fascinating spring training, Alexa, because You've got essentially Jacob DeGrom and Noah Syndergaard are the two guys that you don't question. They are the one and two in this rotation in some order, and the Mets fully expect both of them to be healthy. Uh, beyond that, when Mickey Calloway was asked at the winter meetings who's guaranteed jobs, he essentially said no one. And that doesn't mean that that's exactly how it's going to shake out. I, Matt Harvey is probably the number three here, and I think there is quite a bit of optimism that he can come in and, and if not be the Matt Harvey of old, certainly uh, give the Mets some sort of production in the middle of the rotation. But then beyond that, uh, there's a lot of question. I think it's going to be a very open competition in spring training. You have Stephen Matz, you have Zach Wheeler, both of them with major, major injury concerns the past couple of years. Um, you have Robert Gesellman, who really, you know, people had a lot of optimism coming into last season, what he could do, and he fell flat a little bit. Can he bounce back? You've got 
Seth Lugo, who has looked dynamic at times, has had troubles late in games, but uh, can still very much be a valuable piece. Does he fit into the rotation? Does he fit into the bullpen? Um, you've got Rafael Montero, who even showed the Mets a little something. So uh, there is some depth here. I think there's certainly going to be a competition here. I, I think in a perfect world, uh, you know, the Mets would love to have that rotation that they've long envisioned, which is the Grom, Syndergaard, uh, Harvey, Matt, and Wheeler. Uh, it might not ultimately shake out that way. And, and let's be honest, there's no chance that all five of those starters stay healthy throughout the season. But there's still a lot of talent here. And and if three of them do, if three of them can give you those kind of 180 to 200 inning seasons that you really need, and if one of them, whether it's DeGrom or, or Syndergaard or maybe someone surprises and, and has that Cy Young caliber season that these guys are capable of, then you've got still a very good rotation and a force to be reckoned with. All right, let's assume all these guys do stay healthy. Where do you think this rotation ranks in baseball right now? Gosh, I, I, you know, it's such a hard question to answer because if you say, okay, they're all healthy, Syndergaard's healthy and DeGrom's healthy and Matt Harvey's healthy and these guys are all in their primes and pitching how they're how we've seen them pitch at their best. Yeah, it, it's, it's one of the best, if not the best rotation in baseball. But it's just not a realistic thing. You know, even if these guys did not have these lengthy injury histories, nobody goes through a season using just five starters, and especially now with this Mets team um, with injury concerns with Zach Wheeler, who has never really been healthy, with Steven Max, who has never really been healthy. It's not going to happen, so you almost have to factor in the fact that you're going to have injuries happen. You're going to have probably one of those five guys at minimum miss significant time over the course of the season. Um, so you have to be realistic. And realistically, this is a rotation that has potentially two horses in Jacob DeGrom and Noah Syndergaard. And if those guys are both healthy, then this is going to be one of the best rotations in the league. If one of those guys misses significant time, like happened last year with Syndergaard, then they probably don't have enough depth to make up for it. And you're looking at, a league average or worse rotation. It, everything in my mind rides on those two guys at the top, Syndergaard and DeGrom. All right, exciting to see how this all plays out during spring training. Anthony, like you said, that's going to do it for us here on MLB.com Extras Mets Edition. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, so stay tuned. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. You got it.